Blog Talk Radio. Hey, welcome to Snake Oil Radio on Blog Talk Radio. This is host Jim Ventura. Uh, thanks for joining us today if you are listening live, and uh, thanks for joining us if you're listening on the archive. Uh, all the shows are archived after we uh, we run the show within just a few minutes. The system actually with Blog Talk Radio is really good. So uh, again, I'm host Jim Ventura. Uh, once a month, I do a uh, radio show on Tuesdays, usually the first Tuesday of the month, uh, and talk about my uh, blog column, uh, Snake Oil, that I do. If you're uh, not already receiving my column, uh, email me at uh, VenturaSAG at Yahoo.com or VenturaWords at Mac.com and I'll put you on that list uh, to get my column uh, free each month. And then usually around the second or third of the uh, month, I also uh, do an interview show with someone very interesting. I always find interesting people to talk to, and we have a uh, very interesting, uh, fun guest to talk to today, Kira. So, uh, Kira, I'd like to welcome you to uh, Snake Oil Radio. Thank you, Jim. It's a delight to be with you. Absolutely. Uh, I have uh, talked and worked with uh, Kira before, so we are actually old friends, but that won't stop us from a good interview, right? Absolutely not. <laughs> We're looking forward to it. What a, what an auspicious day to be doing it. Absolutely, yeah. Did you uh, catch any of the uh, inauguration um, this morning? I did. I listened just primarily to Barack Obama's swearing in and his uh, speech, so very very powerful yeah it was I actually I watched it a bit this morning and it really was uh, definitely an exciting um, experience you can tell there's a really nice charge in the air of mm-hmm. uh, something something different and I had you know I didn't even realize that I was scheduling the show on this day as well too when I got that but, but perfect timing because it's actually over already so uh, anyway uh, certainly some good energy uh, connected with that so uh, I'm going to talk with Kira for a little bit, and I want to give the guest call-in number. Uh, I will say that if anybody is uh, listening live and they do want to ask questions of Kira, uh, or me for that matter, um, feel free to call in, uh, although it will be, uh, I'm going to wait about 10 minutes or so uh, before I start taking callers, um, 10, 15 minutes into the show, uh, but you can uh, stay on hold and uh, wait for us to kind of open the phone line to you again in about 10 or 15 minutes. So that guest call in number is 646-200-3966. Again, 646-200-3966. And if you do uh, call in, uh, again, stay on hold for about 10 or 15 minutes until we've talked a bit, and then I will gladly take questions. Also, you can go into our chat room. Uh, If you're on Blog Talk, just hit the little chat uh, icon, and you can go into the chat room and talk, um, ask questions there. Although I, I can't type when I'm <laughs> when I'm when I'm airing a show in a chat room, I can answer the questions on air. Um, I'm not really that uh, versatile in that respect. Uh, respect. <laughs> yeah, that multitasking thing. Yeah, the last show I had somebody do that, and it was really sweet. But I, you know what I mean. I, when I stop to type, it's like it's horrible for in terms of a broadcast. Uh, anyway, so. Uh, let's uh, let me ask you a little bit about um, your history, and even just give you you know some time to talk a little bit about what you do, so the listeners can get a kind of feel for for your work. Oh, sorry, <laughs> I found how to get on Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, that's, oh, that's another intro, right? Yeah. <laughs> so you want me to tell a little bit about me? Is that what you're wanting to Yeah, what a little I'm bit about to? you, you know, about, yeah, kind of the work that you do. Just uh, give everyone a, a rundown. Hmm. Well, I am actually a unity minister, and I pioneered a unity spiritual center here in Chandler, Arizona, called Unity of Divine Love. So that's a major portion of what I do is actually offer a variety of unity unity and other spiritual paths through the center. We may have Native American healing going on. We might have Jim Ventura come in and teach Michael teachings or any number of things. We might have a variety 
variety of different things happening at the spiritual center. And certainly we have a Sunday celebration service, but it's truly designed to help us awaken and fulfill our destiny as each of us are empowered into the highest expression of who we are. And so it's really about awakening and ascension and moving us forward. So that's that's a key role that I'm in at the moment, though who I am is that I am here as a wisdom keeper, as um, someone who has worked my own spiritual path for many, many, many eons, um, and I play multidimensionally, and I am here to truly, uh, I guess, reflect back to everyone the truth of who they are so that they are ignited at their soul level to fulfill their, their purpose, to recognize and remember the truth of who they are as the divine in expression, and step into their own power. Um, my goal is not to be your guru or or a person that you you know that you then give your power over to but truly to help um, support you in nurturing your own inner light and inner knowing and live from that truth so that's what I'm up to I don't know Excellent. if that helps <laughs> yeah that's a big help I think that that's a, that's a that's a good explanation because you know one of the things that I think that is a, a really important distinction with a uh with your your center is that you know again you do call it kind of a a spiritual center as opposed to necessarily a church uh in that respect although um i think they might be synonymous even though you know you're taking a little bit of a different approach to it because you know what i find that's funny is when i talk to clients and i have recommended your your church in the past to a, a number of your center Mm-hmm. To a number of people, a lot of times people don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. In other words, mm-hmm. it's something that really kind of throws people when I say it's kind of a unity church, and they look a little perplexed at times as to what that necessarily is. So uh, I very much think that you're part of um, a very important part of a, a growing movement uh, in that sense that is about um, this al- these alternative type of ways of people getting together and working on their spirituality. Sure, and we have, you know, we have the elements of what a church might offer, and yet at the same time, I find that such, in this day and time, excuse me, a limiting concept, and so exactly what you're saying is that what I wanted, I never put church in our name. I was able to, you know, as a pioneering this ministry and this spiritual center, I was able to choose the name. And what I said is, what am I up to here in the world? Well, unity has has been the path that I've used to get rooted and to experience my wings of bringing what was within me out into the world. Yet at the same time, I did not want even then to confine it to the concept of church because some people have such a automatic reaction to that to say, whoa, 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 I'm not going there, or they have an idea of what that looks like, and I wanted it to be more open-ended. So when I looked at what am I up to, well, I'm about divine love. I am here to plant the seeds of divine love into the consciousness of this planet, and I have been at that work for many, many lifetimes, and in this particular path, that is what I'm up to at Unity of Divine Love, is that to hold that love consciousness, that divine, unconditional love consciousness, consciousness and to implant it to where we truly recognize it is the essence and the truth of who we are and in that not get caught up in any dogma or particular teaching i believe that there are many paths to that one essence that many of us call god some would call principle some would call the the buddha nature the christ consciousness by whatever name allah shakti um, the divine in in whatever way we understand that I really wanted it to be an example of some place where you could come and hold true to what resonates within your own being and not be told, oh, you need to come adopt these beliefs. And that so many times is what is associated with a church, per se, versus a place where you explore your spiritual nature. You open up to what is true for me, and you find that inner guidance within yourself, and you share it along the journey with the others that also are in that journey of opening to the truth of their own being and sharing their particular gifts along the way. So that's really um, why that and where that whole energy came from. 
Right, right. And, I, and I've actually, you know, and, and just to kind of tell the listeners, I've actually, you know, a, a number of times I've been to, um, to, to uh, Cure Center a few times, not nearly enough for my liking, uh, but uh, that's a whole other Sagittarian issue that, that we did with the <laughs> commitment of getting up on, and going on a Sunday. But, you know, the few times that I, I have gone, uh, I have to tell you, it, it is a very different experience from what I remember, um, you know, from from Catholic Church when I was a child, in that sense, and uh, they're very different. It's very hard to even link them together that way, because Kira um, uh, will will sometimes really um, use some really very interesting ceremonial type of experiences that go along with uh, some of the things that she does, um, and. You really, it's very powerful because you know you have the she has the ability to draw from all kinds of different philosophies and perspectives, and when you have that that type of diversity in that sense in a in a in a experience in a situation, it's really really powerful because it's you're not limited, um, and I, I think that that really really brings something to the plate that I, I personally find very very powerful. Even as uh, you know, as a as a uh, for myself as a gay man, going into a, a church like that, I mean, a center like that is unquestionably complete acceptance. Mm. There is no feeling at any level that you would potentially have to hide yourself or you know not be who you are in that sense, because it is such an accepting um, arena of all different types of people, and I think you make that. Um, something very uh, palatable for for people in general uh, with what you're doing. Thank you for that, Jim. I think the thing we hear most often about our our place is that what we have created is truly an energy that is held by all of those that are there where we are here to truly celebrate one another. And so when someone enters that atmosphere of or that energy field even, um, that they really feel the power of that and they are access that place of acceptance within themselves and feel that. And we want to wrap ourselves around that with one another. And to me, that's the greatest joy. And that I have may have been the one who planted the seed and nurtured it along with so many others in this because you're never alone in creating something like this. You know, number one, there's a divine source, but also there's there are many, many others who also come together with that vision and holding that energy. But my goal has always been that, yes, everyone feels accepted. There's no way you're supposed to be or show up or, it, you know, nothing's right or wrong. We're all here exploring and loving one another in the process of it. So I love that you have felt that acceptance there because to me that that touches my heart that's what we're up to so thank you yeah very much so and 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 i think that you know what what you what you get with with this type of structure in that sense also is really what what i have noticed um uh, at different times during different events is it's almost like your my analogy for this is when you go to the center, in essence, you're you're kind of it feels like you're crashing a big family's party, <laughs> but that everybody accepts you, and that's a really uh, that's an interesting analogy, and I, I probably pull that from my own past because I, I come from a large family, and any time we would have guests, um, you know, at, at holidays or at other points. Uh, I would often get that type of recognition from people too. They were like, "Oh my God, I love your family. That you're you're all nuts, but like in a way that's tremendously appealing in that sense, where you're just sort of accepted as part of the group while you're there." Uh, and that really, to me, that is the way I felt when I had uh, the few times that I had gone. That you were again, my joke is you're crashing the party, but mm. by the same token, everyone's kind of interested in your point of view. There's a very friendly kind of a vibe and a feeling there and uh, I really think that that's a powerful uh, perspective to be um, operating from and really a great opportunity for people if they're willing to to check that out. Yeah, thank you, Jim. I think it's interesting because one of the things I know I felt when I first came into a unity and what I have find from many people in, that come in here is they feel a sense of, oh my gosh, I've come home. I found a place 
where I feel that acceptance. I know the first six months I cried every Sunday when I went in to a unity because I did feel so much acceptance. I heard language that resonated for me and so many times I'd been seeking a spiritual family and connections where we spoke the same language, where we thought the same way, where we believed the same way and I'd often found there were pieces of that but to find one where it was absolutely okay to just be me was so fulfilling for me that it truly moved and inspired me every single moment and I would be in tears throughout the service just because of that feeling that I had and I find that true we have Kleenexes all around in our church and people go what are you making people cry you know (laughs) it's like well you know truthfully I don't have anything to do with it and yet I do because we're holding that energy that says yeah welcome you're welcome here and you're accepted and people just melt into that it's an awesome experience uh and that's great that you say that because you know i i know that too when i when i work with uh, clients individually obviously i always keep tissues on the table and i I sometimes will tell people that um that it's about one out of three people i find i'm a math guy so of course i i I use statistics a lot (laughs) we'll end up crying even at, at some of the weirdest times and then they apologize to me and i always find that fascinating when people apologize for crying because to me, there's nothing to apologize for. That's mm. a very powerful thing. We we often associate crying with grief, and you know nothing could be further from the truth. We we may cry, uh, crying may be a vehicle that we use uh, d- during moments of grief. But I know I personally I cry. I mean I cried this morning when I watched the uh, Obama being sworn in mm. for a few minutes in that sense, and that wasn't te- that wasn't tears of sadness. Mm-mm. Those were tears of a recognition of something profound happening um, and that feeling of the shift in consciousness and, and where the, the country is going. So I think that you know, what you're bringing up is a really uh, powerful point that you know, many people will cry, even if it's just that feeling of being accepted completely mm-hmm. in that sense is such a powerful thing. So yeah, the tissues there are a good thing. And I absolutely love to remind people of that, that never be, you know, ashamed of tears. They are uh, a beautiful expression and often something that is very uh, powerful in terms of release. Yeah. Uh, I think it takes it takes um, strength to be willing to cry, you know, you know, to truly break down the walls that keep us withholding our true feelings. And so there's like this relief. It's like letting go of a muscle when it's been tightened for a long time. There is a relief in there, and there's a flow and a rush of energy and a rush of blood that comes through. And it's kind of like that with the tears. They just come through because we've we've kind of held off that flow of being in the softness of the ways that our our being wants to express, whether it's tears, whether it's laughter. I I laugh because sometimes even performing weddings, I find one of two things will happen is that when the couple is really nervous and excited and all that energy is built up, I've had it where they've laughed hysterically in the midst of their vows or their tears come because it's such a meaningful moment and something breaks free. And to me, that's what the tears signify. And it's like a sig- it signifies in our consciousness something just broke free that's important. Pay, pay attention here. Um, we're recognizing something, and it moves that within us that frees up the flow of our own being. And it's so beautiful. And I cried, too, just listening on the radio to the inauguration uh, ceremony. I cried, too, at the profound um, experience of what is shifting in consciousness, Jim. So thank you <laughs> for sharing your yeah, experience. It, it is. It's, it's really quite uh, you know magical to me, for for lack of, of a better way of putting it, in, in terms of what's happening. And I also um, I think that you know what you're doing at the center is another example in in a larger way, and and I'm sure will continue to grow. Uh, of this change in in consciousness and perspective among people in general mm-hmm. about the way we view things, because I know I've, I've I've talked about this uh, before that when I got involved personally in metaphysics twenty something years ago, um, I was I remember people and I got involved pretty young. I was seventeen, eighteen when wow. I started really beginning to study metaphysics heavily, you know, when I would talk to my friends, you know, it, it would really click with some of them, and then I would hear a lot of people sort of say, 
oh, all this new age, quote-unquote, stuff is going to die out. It's just a fad. <laughs> and I remember at the time saying that it's not a fad. It, it isn't, you know, one, uh, most of the things that, that, you know, we're studying are ancient traditions mm-hmm. and perspectives that, that go way back in time. But I, I said that really clearly, that, that it's not a fad. I, I, you know, I mean, to me, I was very aware that there would be a time in, you know, 10, 20, 30 years from that point where if you knew nothing of some element of spirituality, uh, you would, it would almost be sort of, I don't want to say laughable, but it would be like being behind, mm. that you have mm. no awareness of that type of thing in that sense. So, uh, you know, even with, with things like the, the Secret coming out a couple of years ago, uh, to me that was a big breakthrough because we, we started to see some of these types of ideas moving into the mainstream media mm-hmm. in that sense. Yeah, I remember even thinking when Touched by an Angel came out and some of those, there were just this energy, this essence to it that was breaking loose some of the old way of keeping all that kind of idea and consciousness held close to our chest and not coming forth with it. See, you sound to me like you were more in alignment with the truth that you knew at a very young age. I had the knowings within my soul, but I felt very alone, and I doubted myself a lot. So as I came into all the the knowings and the different ways that I explored and played in all of this that I knew within my being, I had to break down the parts of me or had to release those parts of me that were... um, we're in resistance, we're in self-doubt, and then, and then embrace that it was okay to have this. So you were much wiser at a younger age than I was. It took me later in life to come to the realizations of bringing it into the full fruition, that it was meant right. to ex- how it was meant to express through me. So I really honor that in you. Well, you know, and I also, you know, let me interject here for a minute. I want to stay on this subject, but I want to interject it. I, mm-hmm. I want to put the phone number in if anyone is listening live. Um, that number, if you want to call in and ask a question of Kira, is uh, 646-200-3966. If you're catching the show live, uh, feel free to call in at uh, 646-200-3966, or you can certainly ask a question in the chat room if that's preferable to you. Uh, sometimes people get a little nervous about being on air. Uh, I find um, so I, I often do get the questions in the chat rooms um, that said you know I, I was going to ask you about this anyway about your uh, history in that respect and I, I'll tell you while same dynamic when I started studying very very young I, I struggled at the same time a lot mm-hmm. for, for many years I started studying at 17, 18 and began the process of studying uh, metaphysics with um, the Jane Roberts Seth books uh, I was reading, and I started studying astrology and, and even tarot by the time I was 18 or 19. Wow. Um, I was getting it, while at the same time I was struggling uh, with a lot of acceptance about it. There was, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you were not exactly, when you, you know, beginning something like this, you're also not, a, it wasn't like you had a huge support group <laughs> to pat you on the back. You know what I mean? So you, no, you were, not at all. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah so, so don't, I mean, I, I, have to, I really want to clarify that as well, mm-hmm. too, that it really, really was a struggle in that respect. And I've used the analogy of even, you know, the, uh, the gay lesbian theme uh, for myself mm-hmm. that, you know, coming out of the closet uh, spiritually and metaphysically is, can also be a uh, trauma as is coming out of the closet about, you know, one's sexuality in that sense or any number of other areas uh, where we feel shame or discomfort or we question. And I think that that is the nature of uh, even when you're in your your late teens, early 20s or so, Mm -hmm. even for some people as it carries even into the 30s because you'll get a lot of people that don't really come into spiritual awareness really strongly even until their, you know, 30s, 40s, and 50s. Absolutely. Before they, they do that. So, you know, that brings me around to my my question uh, to you is really what do you think was the main spur, you know, in your own history that really kind of sent you on this path? 
You know, that's an interesting question because I did come in with a lot of knowing and and played in spiritual realms as a very, very young child. And I remember those things now and can, you know, later in life you look back and put it all together. Um, And I explored things even in high school. I remember a friend in the theater group with me that we would talk and decided that we would, when you know when you fall asleep and you feel like you're falling, and um, we said, what if we allowed it and we explored and we were scared about it? But we said, all right, I'll do it if you'll do it and then we would come back and compare notes about how we actually learned to fly and astral what i know now right. is astral traveling and um and we would compare what was experiencing and then i also in, started studying um actually it wasn't the seth books at that time i was reading ruth montgomery and right, right. so you know but other things about you know life after death and near-death experience and on and on and on but it wasn't until later in life. It was interesting because I would go in and out. I had these knowings, and I, I believed that my religion was treating others as I would like to be treated because I grew up Lutheran, and I remember there was a key point when I was about 14, I think it was, 13 or 14, and I went through confirmation. And right. at that time in the Lutheran church, you're confirmed, and you speak all these things that you say that you take on the beliefs of the church. And I remember saying you know, I don't want to say these things because my truth of my relationship with God, or at that time as I understood it, you know, the God of my understanding of the time, and my relationship with Jesus was kind of as a as a guide to me. And in that journey, I remember thinking, I wanted to say different things. And I said, well, I don't want to say this, I want to say that. And they were like, no, 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 you have to say these things. And I remember at that point going, okay, this isn't working for me. And after I completed my confirmation and made the family happy, then I stepped away from any organized religion for years and years and years and did my own explorations and, and ways of being. And I would go with friends and visit places and study lots of different traditions. But it was later in life, in my in my 30s, when I had my awakening that said, you know what, there is more to life, and I've always known it, and I no longer can act as if that's not true for me. And I found that I absolutely was being called, but I kept seeking where was it. I'd always read a lot and done a lot of self-study and done a lot of work on an inner basis. But I, at that time, I went seeking a spiritual community where I could feel um, they were speaking the language that I knew in my soul. And that's why I felt so called home when I found unity. And I actually found it by going to a talk by Og Mandino. You remember the greatest little salesman in the world and some of his materials? And he was at a unity church. And in that process, then, I realized here's something where they're speaking my language, with the knowing that I have. But it was out of a pain of feeling like there's something more, and I, I know that all these things in my life look like they're all good, but there's something that's missing, and I have to go find it. And so it was an inner catalyst for me that said, I've got to find the joy, um, the peace, the harmony, the love. And I was seeking for a way to express this love that I knew was at the core of my being. And the world tended to reject. And I was like, no, I know there's a place where I can let this, I can let it out, so to speak. I can let out what I know in my soul. And I started to find I was seeking a language for it, and I was seeking a place of acceptance for it. And in that process, then, I started kind of digging into everything I could possibly get into metaphysically, spiritually, and opening up those portals that had been just been my awaiting my awareness and my willingness and everything moved quickly for me from that point forward then i just immediately i was in the the unity ministry program within a year and a half of finding unity that was fast <laughs> right right yeah, it sounds like it was a little bit of a whirlwind once the commitment was made, right? Yeah, and it was kind of like everything just started downloading, and I started playing in everything. And interestingly, I realized that Unity Ministry was my pathway at that moment to the truth of my being and to releasing myself to what I was called to, though it wasn't the end all. I love unity. Unity's given me my roots and my wings and continues to do so. But I also know that it is a pathway that has given me the freedom to come out and be who I am here to be on every level. 
Right. So that's what's going on for me in it. And it's still, you know, I still unfold continually in allowing my own wisdom to be expressed and not be, I felt so long afraid of speaking my truth and being, you know, because I had been shut down or condemned or laughed at or ridiculed for it or not accepted and to find that place. But it's the gift that was given to me to come to my own strength and to come to the, the acceptance of myself so that I could set myself free. It was never really about anybody else doing that. It's always about us accepting and allowing ourselves to be who we are. And so in that process, I've now come to that. So, Excellent. Yeah, uh, that's a very good way of putting it. In fact, I, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna interject here for a moment because mm-hmm. we have a question coming from uh, someone in the chat room. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I'm gonna call her uh, G. So G is asking that she, her question is: I'm trying to find a better way to deal with stress in my life. Um, G, you you uh, I also it, it seems like you wrote the word stressor, so I, I have to wonder if that is. Um, uh, you, that's almost a, uh, either a, a spelling mistake or really that there's someone that is specifically stressing you out. <laughs> you know what I mean in that sense as well. So I'm going to answer that question. I'm going to let Kira answer that question uh, that you're asking. I'm trying to find a better way to deal with stress or a stressor in my life. So I'm going to let you take that, Kira. Well, and Jim, I think that that's an interesting uh, realization that you had as you looked at that comment, too. And, gee, I want to honor that you do have the wisdom within you, and our goal here today is to help support you in letting your own wisdom come free. What I have found in my own journey is that when I have felt stressed, I am looking at outer circumstances and letting them decide how I'm supposed to be. And there is some part of me that is seeking a greater uh, freedom, a greater voice of expression of allowing myself to be who I am because when I am doing that then the outer circumstances do not create for me a sense of of stress because I know that I get to choose how I respond in a given moment but when I am um, looking out and seeing someone or the situation or circumstances as responsible for how I feel then I am not in my own power I feel um, insecure, I feel stressed by everything, tends to feel like it builds up in my body and in my system, and in that process then, I, um, I feel at, I'm at odds with how to respond to something because I'm looking for something to tell me how to be, rather than allowing myself to be who I am. Because you naturally know who you are and you can respond from that when you feel comfortable in your own skin. So my sense is that the world is, is, is a reflection of some place where you don't feel free to be yourself. And so it's learning to say, how can I be myself? And the greatest place to go to that is to breathe, to just take some deep breaths, to honor and acknowledge yourself that you have the wisdom, the strength, the power within you to know what to do, to be guided in each and every moment. So to breathe into it and just, really, I mean, I I tell people, you know, take in a deep breath, let's just do it. And then when you let it out, let it out with, with all the emphasis that's needed, like, you know, and letting that stress out because literally as we hold that in our body, we're not free to take in a new breath and to feel the peace that is, is available to us at the core of who we are. Excellent. Very well put. And, and I would mention that G, uh, she added a little to this. She said she's stressing, she said I'm stressing myself about starting a family. So she gets more specific about this as well too. Mm. So that's uh, interesting, and I certainly uh, appreciate um, that that little addition, uh, G, in that sense. I'm going to let Kira uh, add on that. But I want to also um, say, one, I love what you're saying, uh, Kira, that's really right on. And I think the thing um, about about starting a family is, you know, starting a family to me is is very much like even committing to a, a relationship or a marriage or anything else for that matter. To me, life is really, uh, you know, my joke is life is a crapshoot. In other words, you have to take risk, uh, and there's no guarantee that what you do is necessarily going to work or not work. But um, I think that we also have to trust that we don't have to necessarily need a guarantee 
in an external sense, it's more from an internal sense that if you're a, uh, a loving person, and I have no doubt that you are, G, um, and a good human being, and it is something you're really feeling pulled to do to start a family, then there's no question that that's the place uh, that you do need to go. And if it's more, uh, you know, if it's, if it's related to um, the fact that you may not feel like this is something that you want to do, then that's something you would also want to get in touch with as well, too, because the, the anxiety might be coming from um, the idea that you're supposed to start a family if you don't necessarily want to. Uh, you know, we, everyone is not necessarily called to do that in this life. Some, some people are not. So that's what you have to discern. And now I want to let Kira uh, make a comment on that as well, too. Yeah, thank you, Jim, and I think you hit it right on, and that in this is, you know, I know there would be questions to ask yourself at this point of what is really causing the stress. Is it the stress of believing that it's the right thing to do for me? Am I really in alignment with what's true? Am I am I feeling good about this being mine to do? Am I doing it for the reasons of seeking something to affirm who I am, or am I doing it because it's an internal call it's a it is my path to bring a child into the world at this time and i feel that calling in my in my being in my soul and as a result it absolutely is is mine to do but if we're not sure if we're doing it because oh well if i have a child i can finally feel like there's something to love or someone to love me i'm seeking something outside of myself to be fulfilled then it will create stress for us because it's not quite in alignment with what we're really after because what we're after is to feel whole and perfect just as we are, to know we already are whole and perfect. And then if we bring a family in from that perspective, then it is our joy and it is a celebration of life and that I am privileged to bring this family forth, to bring this child into the world and Know that the that the universe or God by whatever name for you will support this child you bringing it in you having this family um, moving forward so a part of it is we don't trust often ourselves and we don't trust God um, right. and uh, and in that process it's learning to say wow what if I really trusted that uh, it's true for me that this is mine. This is mine to do, and therefore I will be that, uh, you know, I will be guided, and that the universe will support this, and that we will be, we will work our way through this journey together of learning how to raise a family, of knowing what does it mean to have kids, you know, um, and right. that the parenting will teach you. And I've heard from many people that, you know, one of the greatest paths to know yourself is by raising a family. Yeah. You're, you're, I think you're really hitting home here. Uh, I, want, I have to tell you some of G's comments. She says, uh, wow, these are all the things I've been feeling. I've been stressed about the fact that I'm in a new marriage and we don't have kids together and I want something to make us feel complete. Mm. So I want to mention that and, and say, uh, you know, that obviously this is really hitting home for G. And, and I think, you know, to, to put my, my two cents in as well, I would like to remind you, G, that you're already perfect. You don't, there's, there's really nothing, it, whether you choose to have children or choose not to, you're already a good person and you're perfect and you're loved. Nothing will ever change that in that sense. But I think that we, we want to look at really, um, if you're still in a new marriage and you don't have kids together, well, maybe, you know, there's also an issue of the timing. Um, if you're waiting a little while to get to know each other better, to establish firmer roots before you have children uh, for a little bit, um, that's really cool. <laughs> that, that's a that's a really wise decision. That really further convinces me that you, if you make that decision, you're probably going to make a damn good mother, without mm -hmm. question. Uh, do you? Yeah, I guess you agree on that. Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, to me, you're you're, you're really the, the very fact that you're questioning this and you're asking about it actually shows a certain level of wisdom here. Mm -hmm. In that sense, because you do see this as as a as a big thing, um, an important thing to to decide upon. In that sense, 
So do you agree with me on this as well, Sarah? Yeah, and it's not a, you know, and it's interesting because I hear too that this, so many times we think that, oh my gosh, there's something wrong with me because I'm feeling these things or questioning these things or wondering or seeking something. And the biggest challenge for most of us is to know that we already are okay where we are, that we are complete and whole, that you and your partner are making the right decisions in and that you care is an indication of how awesome you are and uh, and to recognize our own awesomeness and to say wow we really are good together and to notice and to feel that rather than to say this will make it all that much better there will be things that will you know if it's yours to do you'll know that and you'll feel it and it will feel so good if it's feeling stressful then i would invite you kind of really feeling into that and saying is that is it the timing is it this or that but to truly know all the way along the line as jim is saying there's nothing you need to do to make yourselves more complete to be a better family um and that to know that you already are whole and wondrous and um guided and that you can trust the urges within you and the timing that is yours to bring uh to bring this forth or to you know to make this decision for yourself yeah, it's beautiful yeah. that's you know, very well put us- and I, I, yeah, I'm sorry to miss cut you off with that. Uh, oh, that's all right, because I, I kind of stop and then I go on. So. <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> Is it most right. of no, us doubt ourselves? Uh, right. I think most of us doubt ourselves, and doubt is one of those things where we keep ourselves vacillating and instead of, instead of saying, wow, I really have the wisdom that's guiding me, and it's right. okay, and it's okay to question, and that doesn't make it right or wrong either. So the more I can love myself and accept myself and accept my husband and and my and trust the whole process, then the the more relaxed I am into it. And so just relax and allow yourself to know what you know, because you do already right. know it within your soul. That's excellent. Very well put, and and I'll, I'll also add that I also think you know I, I guess I'm, part of my blunt perspective on life is if at some deeper level if, if we've made agreements to have children, um, while we do choose at some level, there's also kind of a greater plan at times too that that will t- that will will come into play. And if uh, a kid or two are, are planning on coming in and they they planned on you being their mom, <laughs> they're gonna come. Uh, you know, they're, they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna find their way in in that sense. So a lot of times really where the stress comes from, I think, also is is if you're really, really weighing this at this point, it means you probably are getting closer to making that decision at one level or another. But I do think you can kind of trust in the flow of things in that sense as well, um, and that's kind of a good thing to remember that there is kind of a, a larger order to things as well, too, and if that's meant to be, it's meant to be, too, in that sense, you know. Mm. And Jim, if I might add, you know, as you talked about that knowing that if you are meant to bring children in, that those souls have an agreement with you. And what you can do is whether you believe in talking directly to them or if you want if you want to do it through your guides, your angels, but truly they are available to you then to communicate is if you say, please help me to know, let me feel, let me experience you, um, and 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 give me the, a blessing of, of awareness. And they may come to you in a dream. You may have a sense of knowing, of feeling the presence of that child that you're to birth. There are ways that we that we actually can access and be in communion with those on the other side and to trust that too. So I bless you Very in your journey. Very well put. Uh, G responds by saying, thank you so much for taking the time to put my mind at ease. Bless both of you and have a great day. So on that note, we're actually running out of time here as well. Uh, so I, I, I want to thank G for her comment, and I always remind guests either to you know feel free to call in live and ask questions of me or any of my guests when I have them, or to, to talk in the chat room, which is an excellent uh, way of doing things. And since we're down to the two-minute mark, um, I want wow. I'd like you to. I know it's, it's 45-minute show and it goes by instantaneously. I think I'm going to start expanding to an hour um, in the near future because I'm finding that we're getting uh, more callers and, and which I like, uh, and uh, we need a little bit more time. So sure. I like to uh, for Kira for you to tell everyone where they can reach you and all your info phone number, address, all that stuff, and I'm going to shut up for a minute to let you do that. <laughs> okay, great. Um, you could reach us at on the web at www.com 
unity, U-N-I-T-Y, of, O-F, divine, D-I-V-I-N-E, love, L-O-V-E, dot, org, or dot com. And you can find us on the web, or you can call us at 480-792-1800. And you'll find us at Unity of Divine Love. Come find out about all the many things that we have going on. We have a tremendous uh, spiritual center with lots of activities and would love to support you in your journey of, of awakening. So look forward to that. It's 480-792-1800 or www.unityofdivinelove.com or .org. Thanks, Jim. It's Um, such a delight to be with you. Excellent. It was great having you. Will you do me a favor and stay on the line for just another couple of minutes? Sure. The stream is going to go out. I want to kind of close, but uh, just uh, uh, we'll, we'll still be streaming live, but we won't be recorded. So that said, um, again, I thank uh, Kira for for being here with us today uh, and and all of you for uh, joining in for Snake Oil Radio. Uh, Hopefully we'll catch up with you next month and check out any of the past shows on the uh, archives. Thanks for tuning in. Okay, so we're we're officially, we're still streaming, but we're not uh, not cut off the need for the archives. that went by so, so I, fast, I can't believe it. <laughs> you know what? It's really funny, too, because you bring up a great point. I, I, when I do interview shows, um, uh, it, it's, it's always amusing because sometimes guests will, will be nervous about how many questions or what I'm going to ask. And I'm, I always say the same thing. I'm like, believe me, it's going to go by in a blink of an eye. Uh-huh. I've even done shows where I've had no callers or anyone even ask a question, and I just talk. And, um, uh, you know, 45 minutes is up, and I'm off already. You know what I mean? And I'll, I'll run across wow. 10 million tangents all over the place as I, I try to talk about the subjects. You know me. You've worked with me before, Sagittarius. My mind goes all over the place. Oh, yeah. But, um, <laughs> it's, very, it's very fun, and, you know, the show has been growing. We're, we're reaching more people, and it's great that, um, you know, we're, we're getting guests and people in the uh, – there was actually uh, – at one point there was five guests in the uh, chat room. Oh, good. So that's great news. Yeah, people were tuning in. I do find that that sometimes people get a little nervous about callers. Um, So that's something that that will will grow. Yeah, sometimes it's a fear, you know, of the voice being on, I think, that really can be uh, an issue for people in that sense. But um, as we reach a larger audience, I don't doubt that that will will continue to grow um, accordingly. Oh, yeah, I think so, too. And I will get the word out, because they can go on and archive this, right? Anybody yeah, can go on and get to the archives? Yeah, I'd answer your question, but within about a half hour, the show will be archived. Okay. Um, and then it's permanent. Uh, it will get archived at Blog Talk, and then they even can uh, go to um, iTunes and um, go oh. to uh, podcasts and find it as well, too. So, yeah, I find um, a lot of the shows get listened to afterwards, um, uh, by people, and I'll end up hearing comments from people by email that they caught the show. We know we're on at 11 o'clock in the uh, morning on a <laughs> Tuesday, most of us being for jobs. Uh, so, uh, that's, yes. you know, uh, to me, it, it, it does work in that sense. I think, you know, it's, cause it's not a regular radio. You have to kind of be at a computer and tune in that way. So there is a limit in that respect. But by the same token, uh, you know, when when the show grows in popularity, I will realistically be able to get a better time slot, like three or four or you know six o'clock in the evening. But you can't; those are difficult to get um, yes. when you start out. I'm so sure. Give you those right away. Yeah, you've got to get more popular in that sense. So it, it is growing. But um, I think it was an excellent show. Uh, really, you you made a wonderful guest. Oh, thank so, you. It was great fun. So I appreciate getting the opportunity, and I appreciate you you thinking of me to do it. Oh yeah, you were you were on the docket. I've got a few names on the docket. You were way up there on the list <laughs> in that sense because I I do I I really I recommend uh, you know your services and 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 what you do uh, to a lot of people. Um, yeah. In fact, one of my clients uh, when I uh, did the newsletter and sent it out, emailed me. She lives in Washington. I don't know if you remember her name is Tanya Gentleman. Oh, she, huh. Um, she was in Chandler and she moved to uh, Washington uh, State couple of years ago and she said she used to go to the center uh, from time to time and she was really excited and that I was doing the interview with you. Oh, that's so. exciting. Yeah, you know, I'm trying to remember and place her face. I have something coming into my mind, so I'm sure it is her. <laughs> yeah, that's a unique name. She's, uh, she's a uh, personal trainer and very, very spiritual uh, young woman with, uh, with, who's married with a couple of kids and uh, very, uh, very attractive 
spirit Pisces also. Oh, uh, very attractive spirit and very attractive physically. I would have uh-huh. to add, she's kind of a blonde bombshell. I mean, oh, great! Be saying that type of thing. I when I when I'm friends with her still, but when she lived here and I would hang out with her, I always got a kick about the way men reacted to her. <laughs> she mm-hmm. had quite a striking look about her in that sense. So she's quite she's quite the character. Very very spiritual woman and, and an artist and really a very good person. Yes, so, uh, I know who she. I know who it is. Yeah, I remember she just. Right, yeah, yeah, she turned heads everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. That's what Tanya does, right? She tur- she turns heads. <laughs> so, uh, you know, uh, so she's got the outer uh, look as well as the inner look. So it's a wonderful combination, uh, as uh, as we all do in our own way, you know. Oh, yes, so. that's awesome. <laughs> so, well, you sound good, and it's good to hear you and to know you're doing well and that you're doing such awesome things out there. Yeah, it's uh, it's. Too, I'm very excited about 2009. 2008 was a rough road. Mm-hmm. And uh, but you know we've talked about this before. You know my philosophy: uh, darkness always brings you back into light. Absolutely. Uh, to, you know you just you know it's all purposeful in that sense. And uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to where 2009 is going. And uh, uh, I'm wishing you the best as well. Oh, that's great. Because yeah, I thought it was a rough year too. So I'm grateful yeah. for 2009. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it was a little bit of an ass kicker, uh, but it was it was meant to be. The fear consciousness was really strong. I was joking with a lot of my clients, saying that chief negative feature was dancing in the streets in 2008 because it could. <laughs> you know, funny. Oh, you know, it got to celebrate. Everyone, you know, people were really afraid, and I got caught in it briefly too. And then I was like, okay, enough with this. Uh, yeah. Listen to what I got to do now, you know. And once I started listening, you know, everything is kind of lining up again. So. Amazing how that happens, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, it, without question, right? So. <laughs> All right, Jim, well, thank you right. very, very much. It, it's very good, good show, and yes, I, I will be in touch. And yeah, so pass this on, like, uh, I, you know, mention to people to catch the intro. I think it really was a good one, and uh, I think uh, G uh, really helped mm-hmm. it along with some really great comments, and she was really pleased. Her last comment is, wow, you guys rock. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I had gotten on the chat room and was able to see it then, and so I was like, oh, good. Now oh, I good. Can see okay, it. excellent. So I figured out how to do that finally. Yeah. <laughs> good. All right. So, yeah, it's, i I got to explain that in the future. But, yeah, I'm glad you could see it, but I'm, I guess I'm also reading it for listeners who aren't in yeah. the chat room. And yeah, it's well, really helpful. People, yeah. yeah. So I so know what she was saying, yeah. I'm thrilled that we could make a difference for somebody. You know, how yeah, great is definitely. that? That's yeah. Right. So, oh, so Jim, I just love you. Go have a fabulous day and a fabulous, fabulous year. Let's just kick it off with great fun and joy. All right. I agree. And abundance. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Take care. We'll talk soon. Darling, we'll catch up with you soon. Peace. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.